0: It's the last Sunday of the month, and uh, the idea has been for several months that we would use that last Sunday for me to talk to you a little bit more about this idea of eldership that we're going to propose we adopt in our December business meeting. Uh, I believe we did not have a sermon on the subject last month because there was just a lot of other things going on that needed to be addressed, so we're returning to it now. I think we often forget, but being the church together is the highest calling that God has given us in our life. It is trusting and following Jesus together it is the most glorious, the most eternally significant endeavor that any of us will ever embark on in our entire lives. And so, as a church, we want to be the very best church that we can possibly be, and that happens through aligning with God's word as closely as possible. So that's what my visual aid is for here this is a huge ruler. I was looking for a ruler in the church this morning. And I found one in the office that was like that big. It was only like four inch long little ruler. I said, there's got to be a bigger one than that. And I couldn't find any normal size ones. Then I found this, this big one here. So the Bible is for us like a straight edge. If you ever try to draw a straight line freehand, how does that usually go? does not go well. Even if you think it went well, once you get to where you're going to use that line for something, you realize it was crooked or it curved a little bit or it was jagged. So how do you make your line straight when you're drawing a line? You use a straight edge. A ruler is great. The edge of a book is what I would always use when I was drawing in my bedroom as a kid. This enables you to draw a straight line, and that's what the Bible is for God's people. So every morning as a Christian, when you are having a quiet time, You're sitting down and you're getting your straight edge, the Bible out, and you're laying it on top of your life, and you're seeing, is the line I'm drawing anywhere close? And usually the answer is, well, no, not exactly. I need to adjust. I need to get back to the straight line again. Every Sunday when we come together for church, we're laying the straight edge of God's word onto our life to see, is this line that I'm drawing with every decision, every prioritization, every conversation, is this straight? And we realize, okay, no, it's off here and here. So we get back to the straight edge. That's how you grow as a Christian, and that's how we grow as a church, how we grow healthier. So none of us is already perfect as a Christian. Our whole life will be a process of aligning more and more with God's Word, and it's the same for us as a church. No church is perfect. I hope that you—I don't believe that you think Doolin's Grove is already perfect, but if so, let me— let you know that it's not, we will always, as individual Christians and as a church, be continually adjusting more and more to our straight edge, to God's Word. Now, a lot of that will be real subtle, small, minute little changes that will be happening all the time. Sometimes uh, there's slightly bigger changes. Uh, as a church, one of the, the larger changes that we've, we are still in the process of trying to adopt to better align with the Word has to do with church membership. You might remember back in 2018, we had a whole summer devoted to trying to figure out what does the Bible actually say about belonging to a church together? And we, we scoured the Bible and kind of figured it out, kind of got our heads on straight, and we've been adjusting our practices related to church membership to reflect what we saw. I believe, and after talking with our official board, they join me in believing that we're ready for another slightly bigger adjustment related to eldership. Now, I introduced it a couple of months ago, the idea of eldership. Elders are a group of spiritual leaders that care for oversee the church together. Um, I put a summary of the last sermon in the foyer so that those of you who miss it can grab that on the way out and read that. That laid a lot of the, the foundational groundwork. Basically, that was me trying to show you that it is biblical. That's where we come up against this straight edge, this idea of eldership, is that it's in the Bible. Jesus is the foundation of the church, but he didn't personally establish the church. He appointed that job to apostles. So the apostles went out with the gospel, establishing the church, but they didn't personally oversee all the churches. They couldn't. They were, they were going to die eventually, and they couldn't. there weren't enough of them to oversee every church. So they appointed elders to oversee the churches. So if you had never been a part of a church, never entered a church building, never heard anything about the church, and only read about it in the New Testament, if all you had was the New Testament as your source of information for what a church is like, and you entered a church for the first time, you would expect that church to be cared for by a group of elders called elders, because that's the norm in Scripture. That's why we're considering this. We're laying Scripture up beside our church, and we're saying, it says an awful lot about elders, and we don't have anybody known as elders in our church. Maybe we need to do some aligning here. That's what we're suggesting that we do. So this week, with the time that we have, which isn't much— I just want to start to address the question, well, what would actually change if we did adopt an eldership board as a church? Now, I'm only going to be able to start to answer that question. There's a lot of details that we'll answer in the coming months, and then especially as we get closer to December, and in conversation, anytime you want to chat about it. What I think you'll see, though, as we get into it, it's an important step that I would like for us to consider, but it's really not a dramatic step. It's actually a pretty subtle step. Shift when you actually start to think about it. So first, I think the best way to think about it is what kind of structure do we currently have as a church? So if you ran into somebody at Food Lion or Burger King or someplace and they, were, they hadn't seen them in a while and they're asking you about church, and you're like, well, what kind of church is to grow? How do you guys operate? How would you answer that question? What is our current structure? And this is where we left off a couple of months ago, the last sermon, by the way. Well, technically speaking, to use the technical terminologies, we are, I would argue, we are an elder-led, congregationally governed church. So, elder-led, remember from two months ago, the terms pastor and elder are used interchangeably in the New Testament. There's a couple of terms used, mainly three, Pastor is the very least often used term in the New Testament for a church leader. Elder is the very most commonly used term in the New Testament for a church leader, but they're used interchangeably. I am a pastor. I am fulfilling the office of, biblically, an elder as I lead the church. I lead through biblical preaching and teaching and guidance and interpersonal uh conversation and in board meetings and stuff my role is to try to lead the church by saying here's what the Bible says not here's what Matt Broadway says this is the only authority that I have Uh, things I say that are apart from this really do not carry any authoritative weight my job is to try to explain what this says so we are pastor led in that way but you could easily it's synonymous to say elder led but I don't govern the church. In other words, I don't make unilateral decisions for the church. I don't sit in my office and, and decide, you know, I think our carpet really should be like a deep purple. Get on the phone, make it happen. I, I don't make unilateral decisions. Now, little stuff, I have the leeway to make you know little decisions how I'm going to operate. But when it comes to major decisions, the church is not pastor or elder-governed. It's congregationally governed. That's why we have once a year a big meeting all our church members are present for, and that's when we make big decisions, uh, whether that's um, just tangible stuff like, do we need to replace an air conditioner unit for several, a lot of money, or if it's more ministry-related directional stuff. It gets decided by you, the congregation. And then smaller stuff, you decide through your board, your representative official board. That's what they are. They are, you decide who they are, and they represent you in making the monthly decisions, so we don't have to always call a whole congregational meeting for every little thing. That's just not practical. Okay, so we are, I would argue, an elder-led, congregationally governed church. Let's see, i gonna get ahead of myself. Oh yeah, this whole idea of eldership is a good example of this. So what I'm doing right now is attempting to lead you guys by saying, this is what I see in the Bible. I've been studying this. I've been thinking about this since I first became your pastor. I've been studying it in Scripture. I've been asking for good advice from other more experienced pastors and uh, learning from churches who adopted eldership, that didn't have it, things like that. And now I'm just trying to say to you, I believe this is in here. But I'm not going to make this decision. The board made the decision, yes, let's move forward with considering it as a church, you'll make the decision one way or the other because we're congregationally governed. It's called congregationalism, to, to use that terminology. Okay. So if we did adopt an eldership board, none of that would change. I do believe congregationalism is biblical, and so the congregation would continue to govern the church. We would still be an elder-led, congregational, congregationally governed church. I had a bunch of scriptures lined up to show you why I do think congregationalism is biblical. I'm not going to read them all for the sake of time, but I'm going to tell you what they are so you can jot them down and you can go and read them. First is Matthew chapter 18 verses 15 through 20. In this passage, Jesus is teaching his apostles the way Christians should handle people who call themselves Christians but have ongoing unrepentant sin in their life that they refuse to address. And basically what he says, the church will need to decide that they are not actually Christians and they cannot be counted among their membership. Not you as apostles or not the leaders that you set up. The church will make that decision. Okay? Another one, Acts chapter 1, verses 15 through 26. Acts chapter 1, verses 15 through 26. This is... Peter and the other apostles, they they are deciding who will replace Judas as an apostle. So Peter initiates and leads a process, but it says the full company of the current disciples are the ones who put forward the possibilities to replace Judas, and they decide that way. So Peter doesn't just decide it's going to be Matthias, and he leads a process, but the, the full company, the congregation, Actually does the deciding Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 6 is another example Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 6 In this situation The church is growing and the need to care for the widows is getting larger And there's some controversy over one racial uh, Group within the widows and another they're saying well that group you guys like them more you're helping them more and the apostles say We need to designate a team of people to care for these material needs. That team becomes what we know as deacons, but that's a subject for a later sermon. Because I think as we understand elders better, we're going to understand deacons better too. But that's for later. So the apostles initiate and lead and guide a process, but it says the full number of them are the ones who pick the folks that they put forward to be deacons. And it proceeds that way. All right, 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 5. Here again is a situation of ongoing unrepentant sin in the Corinthian church. Uh, there's some, um, it's really bad, it's like an incestuous situation, and the people involved are just open about it and, and think it's great. And Paul is saying, Paul is, is leading the fact that biblically that can't be, you can't be a Christian and adopt that kind of sinful lifestyle. But the church, the Corinthian church, is the one that he uh, gives over the responsibility to actually do something about it and decide to, in this case, basically kick them out because they are being so flagrantly evil. Okay, so those are four specific scripture references that I think support a congregationally governed situation in a church. Then a bigger overarching reason, if you think about the letters of the New Testament, there's 21 letters, except for four of those, and even those are arguable. They are all written to the churches, not to the leaders of the churches. So they were meant to be read out to the whole church, because the whole church has responsibility to make decisions and be the church together. So, all that to say, congregational governance would not change if we were to adopt an eldership board. What would change is, so right now we are a single elder-led congregational church. What would change is we would become a plural elder-led, congregationally-governed church. So instead of me functioning as the sole elder, we would have a small team of elders. People from within our church would join me in the eldership task of spiritually leading the church. Okay? Basis for that. I really worked on that more last sermon, so I'm not going to go back into the biblical basis for that here and now. I'd like you to read that summary that I typed up. But one just general reason for thinking that it should be a plural team of elders rather than one sole elder is that every reference to elders in the New Testament is plural. Unless it's an elder speaking about himself, and saying basically, I as an elder, blah, blah, blah. Or if it's saying, if if an individual desires to become an elder, like it's singular in those cases. But any reference to them operating is always plural. You, there is no singular reference to an elder operating on his own. So that that alone makes me think, if we're going to be lining up, maybe single elder-led congregationally governed isn't exactly what God had in mind. Now, you might be saying, well, what about Timothy and Titus? Aren't Weren't those single pastors pastoring their churches? I actually don't think that they were pastors in the way we think about pastors. I think they were more like assistants to the Apostle Paul in these churches. One reason I think that is that one of their main tasks that Paul gave them was to establish elders in those churches. So I think they were there because Paul couldn't be everywhere, so he sent them to go and do what he was trying to do in all of his churches and establish elders. All right, y'all are hanging with me really well. I know this has become like a, a seminar more than a sermon, but it's important. So I'm proposing, and the board is with me in proposing, that we fortify our spiritual leadership for our church by officially adopting plural eldership. Spiritual leaders who would from our church who would join me in guiding the church, and that we make it formal and official, including updating our church constitution to reflect it. Now the next logical question would be, what would they do? And I'm thinking that that really probably needs to be saved for the next sermon. Uh, now that I get to it, because that was this page of my notes. That question is that whole page, and it's the same length. Um, yeah, let me just say that would make a, a well encapsulated next next message. Um, so I'm just gonna. So Isaac, I gave you like 50 scriptures, and we didn't actually read any of them. Um, but thank you for putting them all in there anyway. Uh, Yeah, I am going to save all that. It's hard to make a decision on the fly up here because I want to go into it. Go home and read those scriptures. Um, We are a congregationally governed church, and I think that's good and right, so this is not anything that I'm wanting to jam through. It's not anything that our board is wanting to jam through. I'm trusting that if we will prayerfully consider these things and look at our Bibles, God is going to direct us. And, and however things go in December, I'm trusting that that's God's guidance for us. Um, I'll leave you with this quick little story. I think that moving this direction would be good for us, but more importantly, I think it's biblical. Um, this kind of looks like I'm threatening you guys. But I mean, as a straight edge, I, I think it lines us up with the straight edge of Scripture. And I'll tell you a little story I think I've told you before about when I worked at a warehouse, one of my very first jobs. I was This uh, kid I was probably, I don't know, 16, 17, 18. I can't remember how old I was. And one of my roles there, basically we were just fulfilling orders in this warehouse. So we would get an invoice. We would go to wherever and pull those items and box them up and then take them to the area where they would ship them. So for part of my time there, I worked in an area that uh, dealt with posters. It was like posters of cars and stuff for, um, I don't even know who. I would get an invoice. I would go and pull the specific item number posters roll them up, uh, roll them up in um, like parchment paper, like thick paper. And then there was a specific way that my boss told me to crimp the ends of those, uh, that paper and then stick it into a chute that they would then ship. Well, as I worked on it, I felt like a more efficient way would be to crimp those things differently than what he had shown me. And I did that for a good week or two weeks. And then I found out that there was a reason that he told me to crimp them in that specific way. And every single thing that we had shipped, the way that I had crimped those things, had gotten damaged. Those posters had been damaged and sent back. And it had created a huge headache for everybody. I hate to even remember it. But I share that with you now because I think the same thing happens all the time with us as Christians, and especially as a church. We just kind of, you know, we make some subtle adjustments that maybe this will be better. And we start to do things our own way. We do it as individuals, and we do it as a church. And for quite a while, it seems fine. We don't really see the issue. But one day, we'll see that if we had done it God's way, it would have been way better. He knows what he's talking about. And so when I look in the Bible, and I see so much about churches being spiritually led by a plural group of elders, and I look at us, and I see that we've got the the elder-led part and the congregationally governed part that I see here right, but we don't have the plural part right. I don't see any big damaging consequences of that right now, but that doesn't mean big damaging consequences couldn't come because God knows what he's doing, and if he tells us to crimp those poster packages in a certain way, we really ought to do it the way he said. Now, I've got some ideas of possible dangers that we're open to by being a single elder-led congregationally governed church. I think that's better for another sermon as well. But, uh, so that, that's all I'll go into for this week. It's hard to see all this and just not even talk about it. Just join me in praying about this. And, uh, anytime you want to talk about it, I'm very happy to talk with you about it. So let's pray together and then we'll close with our, uh, our final song. Father, thank you for your word. I feel like we, it's been a rich Sunday and we've talked a lot about your word. Uh, this sermon, I felt like, um, I had to just sort of skim over it a little bit more than I wanted to, but I know we'll have several other Sundays of time to to delve into it. So for now, we submit ourselves to you in every way, both as individual Christians and together as a church. We want to trust and follow Jesus together and be as closely aligned with your word as we can possibly be. So would you show us any way that we are out of alignment? and graciously help us to correct it. And specifically related to eldership, I, have, I really feel this would be good, but if I'm wrong in any way, would you please make that apparent? And if it is good, would you let it be apparent to all of us that it is good as we continue to study together through the rest of this year? We trust you for that fully and gratefully. In Jesus' name, amen.